Welcome to Counterbalance Conversations, the show that engages your imagination with discussions about emerging topics and stories of healing, change-making, resilience, and passion. Here is your host, Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Hi, and welcome to Counterbalance Conversations. I am Melissa Strasser, your host, and today I am here with Ethan Butts with Scion Solutions. He has been a cybersecurity expert for the last 10 years and worked to secure some of the largest private organizations around, including medical practices, trading and law firms, as well as government agencies. I started Scion Solutions. He started Scion Solutions with his fellow founders because he wanted to secure the most vulnerable and found there wasn't any good solutions for them. So he made one. So how are you doing today, Ethan? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Melissa? Doing great. Thanks. So um, tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get to become a cybersecurity expert? Uh, What was your journey? Uh, (laughs) I can't lie. It honestly all started when uh, I I was very young and enjoyed breaking computers a little too much. (laughs) Right. And uh, then from there, I just kind of found that I could actually, you know, rather than just breaking computers, I could actually fix them. Then I found that there was some some breaks that there were people that didn't know how to fix it. Uh, My main one was our school network, honestly. Uh, It was uh, back in the days before you had uh, app detection on firewalls. Mm -hmm. So I had a heck of a fun time evading them. And then uh, they actually asked me to come in and help and help, I helped them write some of the policies and I just kind of fell in love with it. So uh, moving forward, I just kind of went to school, ended up getting a job as a entry level overnight cybersecurity analyst, which mm-hmm. uh, started as, you know, don't let anything burn down and right. kind of grew into maintaining some of the most, quite frankly, insane solutions that I almost hope never to see again. <laughs> Right. We're going to talk a little bit about those tonight, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, happily, if you want to. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I just kind of, uh, as I was going through, I just kind of realized that uh, all the big corporations and all of them were honestly quite well taken care of. There's uh, a bunch of cybersecurity firms that deal with uh, those almost exclusively. And mm-hmm. uh, I really just wanted to make something that worked for people that didn't have tens of thousand dollars a month to spend on their security budgets. Yes. And um, just full disclosure here, I'm going to be working with you guys starting next week to secure all of my um, equipment and my business as well. And you guys have been, have become very great, you know, fantastic friends and, you know, advisors and you've got all of the connections and hookups in this arena uh, with some really fantastic aligned individuals, which my goal next year is to only work with businesses that are truly aligned with the same vision uh, as mine, maybe not the same process, but the same vision of where they want how they want to do business and such. So tell, um, you have a very uh, special model. You and your founders have a fantastic model that you're looking at uh, offering for entrepreneurs, as well as when you start growing your company, 
So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, uh, so we wanted it to make it kind of more approachable because uh, one of the biggest concerns is usually buy-in. So uh, we actually wanted to make make security more like Spotify. So yeah. we actually worked to do, uh, we've worked with several vendors and several partners to kind of get these solutions into an affordable range so we can actually do monthly payments for a lot of these things. And as kind of the entrepreneur starter package you mentioned, uh, as I said, we want to secure the most vulnerable, not just those who have the most money. So uh, Mm -hmm. we actually have a a kind of an introductory pricing structure where you will work with you, kind of chat with your business, see where you're at and actually price you accordingly uh, over a period with with expecting that as you grow, Mm -hmm. our costs will slightly increase as you can handle them a little more. Mm Yeah. And you also do a lot of um, just meetings with entrepreneurs to see where they are, answer a lot of their questions uh, as well. Don't you have a a seminar that you do as well? Uh, We've done a couple webinars, but uh, our main thing that we do is actually uh, hosted on our main webpage, Scion.Solutions. We uh, have a a calendar link at the bottom where anybody anywhere can book time with us and it puts 15 minutes on our calendar and we're happy to just go over questions, go over any issues that you might have any, you know, concerns Mm -hmm. and just kind of make this more of an approachable subject. So it's not so scary. Yeah. I mean, it is. And there's people like myself that are not, I mean, we're educated about it, we know what it is, but we don't know all the nitty gritty details. And so I know there were a lot of solutions that you brought to my attention or a lot of issues that you brought to my attention that either I had forgotten about because they were so far out of my my purview because since, you know, no. working from home and not being in an office environment. Um, and also some things that maybe I didn't think about from a vulnerability for my business. So that was extraordinarily helpful. That uh, great little, that 15 minute, ours was a little bit longer than 15 <laughs> minutes, but that we did get window sucked of into time, WandaVision. We did, we did. And, um, but I mean, it was really fantastic because um, everyone at Scion is so approachable and it is so, uh, you say it in layman's terms. So we we kind of get it when we're not in the biz. So um, and I know as you're growing, how are you going? You've talked to me a lot about how um, how you want to grow your business and the values that you possess and how you would like to treat employees and things like that. That was such yeah. an interesting uh, conversation. And I know later this week I'm I'm speaking with some businesses. And I, I am encouraged that um, that our younger generation of entrepreneurs are actually taking that and leading the charge of better uh, benefits, better pay, uh, better uh, working environment for your their work life balance. Yeah, there and that availability to have a when you say a family type environment, 
it's not what you would call a traditional family type toxic working yeah. environment, which scares everyone. I can't lie. Um, Normally I see family environment on a job listing. I run the other way. Right. Right. And a lot of us do. <laughs> a lot of us do. So what, um, so I know that coming into cybersecurity, you were working for a major company um, but you had some health issues early on in your career. Is that correct? Yeah, it was about four, four and a half. Yeah, it was about five years in. Yeah, about halfway yeah. through. Yeah, yeah uh, stress induced heart attack at 27. Wow. Wow. And was that part of your decision to move into the entrepreneur space? It, it was the start of a of a long journey that led me to it. Um, I it started with realizing I needed to kind of change my pace a little bit because I didn't want to deal with nine thousand dollars a second anymore all the time. Right. And so uh, I kind of started moving the other way. We moved into yeah. a little more support roles, doing cybersecurity program buildings rather mm-hmm. than actually uh, working in the more of it myself. And then, uh, yeah, after uh, the great 2020 happened, yeah, um, we found uh, uh, we found that we wanted to kind of move along to our own thing and uh, kind of mm-hmm. wanted to march to the beat of our own drum. You could say, got it, got it. So I'm gonna kind of step back a little bit because I think I got a little ahead of myself. Oh, oh, go so ahead. some people may not know exactly what cybersecurity is. Oh, fair, fair. So let's talk a little bit about that. What is all encompassing? Uh, what, what, I mean, what does it encompass? Cybersecurity, I guess the best way you could think about it is uh, uh, securing the digital you. Um, okay. We all exist online and we all, you know, we, we rarely think about what traces we leave behind on there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where cybersecurity falls in is, you know, making sure that your computer isn't going to be vulnerable to, you know, older attacks or mm-hmm. network leveraged attacks or the most recent one is ransomware, which is still running rampant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what is what is ransomware? For the people that may not know. Uh, so ransomware is a, a specific breed of malware that uh, specializes in locking down your data and then telling you, uh, pay me or you don't get it back. Right. And uh, it's sadly uh, in 2020, there was, I think that was 51% of small businesses were hit with ransomware. Yeah. And of those hits, 61% never opened their doors again. Wow. Uh, because the financial impact of it was just too much and they couldn't pay the ransom and they couldn't afford to lose the data. So they just lost the business. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's not just your, we're not just talking about what's on your computers a lot of times. Oh, this is your contact lists, anything that had anything, correct? It's, I mean, it's, it's the digital everything. You. You lose contacts, you lose access sometimes to bank accounts if you don't have a way to access it because let's let's put it bluntly, a lot of people don't really remember their password to their bank outside of their Google Chrome. Right. And if you lose that. Right. And then, I mean, that also makes your personal bank accounts, everything vulnerable. Is that correct? 
Uh, yeah. Well, ransomware. Yeah, actually, I guess it would. Uh, depending on the strain, some of them don't download your data, and those are the what we like to call the nice ones. Uh huh. But then there are those that like to take your data and ship it off and auction it off, and even when you pay, not give it back. But honestly, yeah. that's the most scary part of ransomware for us in the cybersecurity area is. Honestly, ransomware has gotten to have better support than Microsoft half the time. Wow. Uh, the people leveraging these attacks get great support, and the people who are trying to pay the ransom, to put it to put it in a simple, as you say, layman's way, um, these people are capable of teaching your grandmother to use Bitcoin. I got like I can't do that. <laughs> so and they yeah. have that tremendous support. They have a lot and, of very highly talented. Individuals. And a lot of them will give you your data back because then the next person's more likely to pay. Right. Wow. That's we even actually, uh, there was actually for a long time right now, there is actually something we, uh, we did deal with, we still kind of deal with it. I know it's right now going through a little bit of a legal gray area, mm. but uh, there was even cybersecurity insurance that came out where it was helping to cover the cost of a breach, where it was helping to pay those ransoms off right. to try to keep people's data flowing because a lot of times that is the fastest way to get your data is to pay the ransom as much as everyone hates to do it. Yeah, is there any solution that allows outside of i mean out so is there any two questions is there any solution to get the information back without paying the ransom uh good and, backups okay <laughs> and the, so good backups and two do you provide a solution for protection and solution actually uh yes we a we do offer backups uh, very nice, uh, you know, they run in the background. They take very little space. They're just wonderful. And then uh, as for prevention and recovery, we do actually offer uh, one of our partners is Sentinel One. Uh, they're yeah. what you'd consider a next generation antivirus. Mm -hmm. um, they actually specialize in stopping ransomware based off heuristics rather than signatures, which is very large words for it doesn't matter if it's seen it before it's based off how something behaves that it blocks or allows something okay and um so as you are um doing the backups are the backups considered off-site backups because uh, i know yes. during hurricane michael a lot of the businesses did not have those solutions available to themselves you know to them and they had internal backups on drives and, and local backups. So is that offsite in a different location backup? Yep. So I can, I can never stress that uh, onsite backups are also very nice to have, especially they do offer a mm -hmm. faster recovery, mm -hmm. but uh, our actual backups are done to the cloud okay. and they're done. Uh, they're considered incremental backups. Mm -hmm. So basically it analyzes for any changes that have occurred in the last hour and uploads any changed files to keep oh, your wow. backups current, but uh, we actually keep them. We, we keep them on retention in archive. You can restore it to 
think we said up to six years back, you can go to a day of the month. Uh, and within last 60 to 90 days, depending on which plan you go with, you can go to any day and hour your computer was functional. Oh, that's fantastic. That is a, an extraordinary uh, benefit. And it's all wow. behind the scenes. Yeah. So, um, so tell us a little bit about, okay, is this just for businesses or can it be non-business as well? Because this be personal? Because, you know, a lot of us keep a lot of stuff on our computers, family pictures and things like that. Uh, actually, the uh, it was built for businesses, but we've made it for personal ourselves. Um, okay. We don't like that. Uh, to summarize, as security experts, we always get those questions of, hey, am I getting hacked? Hey, how do I protect myself? And one of the right. biggest ones is, hey, what's a good antivirus? And up until we offered this one, we couldn't give you an answer. Okay. I mean, they're all squiffy. They're all half malware themselves, but I guess it's better than nothing. Right. Um, and now we actually have something that we can be kind of proud of and go, oh yeah, no, this, this is something we trust. Yes. yes. Yeah. Individuals and is actually how we designed it. That is fantastic because I know um, in a lot of ways, so there's especially small business owners, you know, trying to find something that's affordable and trying to find something that functions for both personal and for business. That's helpful because, you know, most of us use our computer for the same thing, um, which is not always good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's kind of jump into some of the things that you've seen, you know, throughout, you know, we said we're going to talk about you being the superhero or you guys being (laughs) the superheroes of the cyber world. And, you know, you've had some really... um, interesting encounters so would you like to share some of those (laughs) well uh there was uh i'll have to you know make sure i don't reveal too many details absolutely Absolutely. but uh there was a multi-state institution that had a ransomware infection for going on three years that lay dormant and was just spreading through the network and then upon detection decided to activate itself and shut down i think it was nine satellite locations wow it was uh it was it was a mess and the so that one was a bad ransomware outbreak um <laughs> see what else we've got <laughs> there i mean we've yeah. uh, we dealt with the breaches that have happened a lot of times a lot of times we tried to be the more preventative force. So we would actually be building the more defensive measures. And then what was more interesting to us was what you caught after you deployed those. Yes. Uh, When you've had a business that hasn't been monitored for 10 years and suddenly you've deployed logging, um, you find out which employees are actually working during their time. I gotcha. And uh, you learn a lot about those employees. Okay. (laughs) So, um, so it's always good to have your business. Don't ever log in personal stuff on a business computer. <laughs> Never use your business email for personal things. I, yes. Cause so, usually there's a guy like me reading it. That's funny. 
I would imagine some of the things that were um, that I've just heard about. I've just heard about from from my experience in corporate. Um, so you've talked about some public breaches. You talked about that. Um, how has this mitigation of the um, the ransomware and how has the mitigation process changed over the years since you've been working for them? Well, I mean, it's, it's nice that now there is a mitigation process. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, uh, before the basic mitigation process was if it got encrypted, you better start hoping. <laughs> right. Yeah. It depends on uh, a lot of times what you get lucky with is uh, as encryption or ransomware ages, the uh, decryptors become more widely available. So right. you can actually use a more generic decryptor that will generate a decryption key for the for the actual uh, malware. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, I wish I could say it's evolved a lot. Um, the prevention methods have gotten a lot nicer. We actually right. have some prevention methods now. Um, yes. But it's still a sad few that are deploying them. There's a reason okay. that it's still one of the most profitable industries right now on the internet. Right. Um, so this, I, we're going to be coming up on break here in a little bit, and I know <laughs> fair, we'll talk fair. about this afterwards. But um, during this time of year, I would imagine that you see a lot happening Um or at least a lot coming through the Sentinel product, if you can see that, and maybe some of your clients. Are you getting a lot of new clients and calls for this time of year? Really uh, busy for so, you. So I'm getting a few more calls about uh, emails mostly. Uh, luckily with Sentinel One, it is one of those products where it, unless the person's being actively trying to fool me yeah. usually my product works pretty well sentinel one stops most things automatically and it's pretty smart yeah uh, but the biggest thing we see this time of year and actually we've, we've been putting together a little bit of our uh, our own social announcements about it mm-hmm. is oh the scams so many scams gift card scams, call scams, email scams, Amazon order scams. Oh, your order. There was an issue with your delivery. Please click this link to provide valid delivery info. Yes. It's so many of them. Yes. I'm getting text messages for those. And I'm like, I don't have any orders out there. Amazingly. Um, And so I've had, the scam, that scam. I've also had a social security scam yep. uh, as well. Um, student but loan scam email. The true question is, have they finally reached you about your car's extended warranty? They did. Okay, good. And I, it was I a brand new car. And it was a brand. A they have. They have. And it, they were surprised that my car was sold several <laughs> I know, ago. right? So, um, and so, and then there's the solar panels. That's the, that's the big one in this area right now. So I'm getting a lot of yeah. emails, text messages, and door knocks about that. But um, so is there <clears> – <throat> so why should everyone have their own trusted cyber security 
uh, expert kind of in their pocket or company with them? I know it sounds like an obvious question based on what we've talked about, but tell me about that. Well, um, I suppose I can open with one of the things is, so as you stated, you know, you're getting a lot more of those calls recently and a lot more of those emails. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of that is honestly because um, we almost all used Zoom during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, Zoom actually was documenting all of that info that was registered, all of those guest invitations you sent, all those personal meetings you wanted. They kept all of that and are currently selling it uh, as an email list to Mm -hmm. anyone who wants to buy it. I can't lie. We honestly took a look at it ourselves to get a little, uh, a few emails out to some clients that might need to look at some cybersecurity because how else would I have gotten their email? It was on the Zoom. I was probably on that list because that is how we're doing our show today um, yep. and streaming it to Facebook is, yep. you know, through Zoom. And uh, I've done webinars and meetings uh, from my business. So the, yep. the common adage I always like to follow is uh, if the product is free, you are the product. Yes, and that, absolutely. Uh, Sadly, this day and age, we have not uh, we have not taken our digital selves and our digital information as seriously as we should have. And Absolutely, it's uh, led to a lack of possession on our parts. Right, and this can really lead to a lot of problems down the road from a personal and a business standpoint. Um, when we come back from our break, because we're getting ready to step away for a break, um, I would love to talk about how. You know, what is the most obvious things people can look for this time of year, especially with the holidays, um, outside of the scams, and maybe uh, talk a little bit about some things they can do to protect themselves from that. Um, And then go into anything else that you would like to talk about. How does that sound? I mean, that sounds like a perfect arrangement to me. Perfect. We'll talk about that when we come back from our break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Counterbalance Conversations with Dr. Melissa L. Strasser. Find out more about Dr. Melissa by visiting counterbalancecoach.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Counterbalance Conversations. Uh, Ethan Butts and I um, have been talking about cybersecurity, how you can protect your business, his products, and uh, his business, Science Solutions. And so, Ethan, before the break, we said that we would come in and uh, from the break and talk about how people can protect themselves on a personal level or their businesses during this time of year and what you're seeing, what are some of those things they can do until they can potentially work with you? Well, uh, I mean, the biggest thing is just always be paying attention. If you didn't order from Amazon and you get an email, don't, don't reply. Don't right. click on any links. Don't trust anything. Uh, one of the best tips I can give that's just a simple one is um, hold your mouse over any links, but don't click on them and it'll show you where that link's going to take you. Mm-hmm. So you can actually see like, oh, that's not Amazon. That's some weird Amazon. But uh, yeah, right. I mean, doing things like that. And I mean, it's really mm-hmm. just, yeah. Is it just really the online environment right now that um, people's information can be um, obtained that would impact them? So, um, so like their online bank accounts and thing and things like that. What about their cell phones? So, uh, actually, I kind of uh, wish it was just that simple. Um, so, one of the fun uh, notes that I had was. When I went down to a DEF CON down in Vegas, which is a hacker convention where there's a lot of antisocial people crammed into a few hotels in Vegas. It is an amazing time. You learn a <laughs> lot of weird things and a lot of things that help you no longer need sleep at night. <laughs> I bet. But uh, at that event, last time I was there, there were 32 fake cell towers. All of them pushing false OS updates. Okay. So if you turned on your phone while you're down there, you'd get a little alert that said, oh, hey, you uh, you need an update. So you click download the update and then the malware's on your phone and they have all of your information, including any password on the phone, anything there. Uh, the nice part is at least most of the people there are of good intent and they will then inform you that, hey, I just downloaded all of your information. You should probably not let me do that. So how, how can people protect themselves, you know, in, in general? I mean, because if 
a person like myself, I mean, even if they can fool somebody who's a cybersecurity expert, how would somebody like me who's getting an Android update like every, it feels like every day, um, or every 10 days, it's really every 10 days, but sure. um, <laughs> how it feels like every 10 days. Um, how, you know, how do we know? Is there a way for us to know if it is not a real update or it is a real update? Uh, actually, yeah, there's, uh, it's one of those where you just have to do the, you have to do the research, sadly. Um, it's making sure to check, Hey, was there an update for my phone that came out now? What was the name of that update? What was its version? Mm -hmm. A lot of times when you get that information on the update, a lot of people just click update, but it does provide that information for you to go validate. Right. And that's, um, that would be through your phone provider or Android or just doing just a basic Chrome search, right? A Google search. Yep. I would, uh, personally, I usually use Google search and just see, Hey, you can search my phone, you know, whatever phone you have and go, what's the most recent update. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's just a lot of times like those kind of threats. I know they're the big, scary ones and mm-hmm. they, I, I wish I could say they don't happen a huge amount of times, but they right. do happen fairly often. And they are one of those where it is, it is fairly difficult. Uh, I know personally, the way I protect myself is I don't download an update until I've passed at least three cell towers. Okay. So I'll, That's a good you know, idea. if I get an update, I'll drive 10 miles. If that update still shows up later. All right, sweet. That means it's a real update. Right. So just driving around town, you can, you can do that generally. Uh, you guys live out in, um, Montana. So yeah. that's, I'm sure that the cell towers are not as, uh, abundant. <laughs> no, but the, the key is you got to remember 25 miles. Mm-hmm. That is the farthest range a cell phone tower really has. Okay, so that's a good, that's a great tip for for everyone. So, what else during this time of year? I mean, so you you said if an email, so you want to scroll over uh, any links, don't click them. And nope. if and if I'm incorrect in saying this, let me know. Especially if it says exe as the brief if the, it says exe just don't do it. To it never right. do it never do it right unless EXEs you are, are bad. <laughs> unless you're putting new equipment to your computer yep. or something and, correct and usually only trust it when it's downloaded from the vendor's site yeah like don't trust third parties don't trust the hey i built a better driver guy never. right <laughs> because a lot of a, a lot of people are going to be getting um, phones, tablets, computers over Christmas. So they're going to be, you know, in new printers and, and things like that over the holidays. So there's going to be a lot of this happening. So going directly to the vendor's site is going to be the best, uh, the best nope. option for them. Use is there discs any? if they were included. Yeah. If they if they were a lot of them are now just automatically downloaded via Wi-Fi, which um, I don't know about you, but that was a strange. Mm. The first time I got that it made me a little nervous because as much as I don't know about cyber, 
that I, see, I uh, still, makes me nervous. Mm, I still am not big on printers that project their own Wi-Fi connections. Yeah, yeah that's just asking for trouble. <laughs> uh, well, well, when you guys work with me, you're going to be not disappointed. Uh, <laughs> um, because it's uh, the the printer is definitely wireless. Um, so is there any, any, anything else that people need to be looking for this, especially this time of year thinking of, um, we've already talked about the scams, the potential scams we've talked about their phones. We've talked about, you know, downloading only from the vendors. Is there anything else that they could do to protect themselves until they can connect with you guys? I mean, uh, well, if we're actually, let's, uh, we can venture outside of the necessarily where I would normally be able to help. And we'll go into some of the just personal aspects, which are things like make sure when you buy things, you buy from a trusted source. Yeah. Uh, One of my favorites is uh, you can actually check on Amazon. A lot of times there's these people uh, there's the Amazon sponsored distributors Mm -hmm. and they're vying for each other within pennies. Usually it's like, Oh, this guy offered 15. Let's go down to 10. Oh, let's go up to 25. Those fulfillment centers are all shipped out of the same thing. Right. And so what ends up happening sometimes is you order from someone that does not say amazon.com and you don't get what you ordered or right. it doesn't come in right or it comes in broken or and the other one i find a lot is on ebay people will uh, especially mm-hmm. right now and i know this might sound silly but um the xbox and the playstations right now have been really out of stock they're going for scalpers online two three hundred dollars over msrp for sale it's insane yeah because they're they're having a hard time getting them in and the yep. chips for them and everything correct Okay. Yep. Uh, and while they've been trying to control the flow, people are using, again, automated computer systems to actually purchase them as they come available in large quantities and then resell them for a huge profit. Wow. So you find out one of my favorites was uh, there was a scalper who posted a picture on Facebook and he had a pallet of over 100 PS5s. It was like three pallets long. And he's like, wow. yep, here's where they all are. I got them all. Ha ha. And yeah, he was selling them for almost $500 over MSRP. So about a thousand dollars a piece. Wow. It was insanity. And that's one of those things is so people are still going these avenues because it's one of the hottest items right now. Mm -hmm. And what they aren't being aware of is some people are getting things like an empty box. Oh, goodness. So they're getting scammed by these individuals who just have boxes. Because they'll get put the console in another box or go sell it to someone used or in person, and then they'll sell the box online and ship you an empty box for fun. Wow. And if you don't go through all these reputable sources, make sure that you're doing ins- uh, you know insured transactions. Right. Sometimes that money's just gone. Yeah. So a lot of times it's better to just make sure that e- even if you are going through you know, Try Amazon to use legit sources, Amazon, yeah. Walmart, all, any of those that, you know, have backing for their transactions, where if you actually mm-hmm. do get something broken or terrible, yeah. you can right. send it back and at least get right. what you need. 
Right. And I know a lot of us are trying this year to shop small and we're trying to, you know, support the small businesses. Um, So I want to be clear that I don't mean just those. I don't mean the creator. We're not talking about the creators. If you can shop in person, that is beautiful. In-person shopping is my favorite. I personally think cash is the best. Um, But that's because I'm a paranoid cybersecurity expert. (laughs) But we're trying to talk. But I mean, we're not talking about even the majority of like sellers on some of the creator sites. Oh no, Um, no, actually a lot of them are good. Yeah. So most of them are pretty good. We just wanted to make sure that you understand that maybe Amazon uh, has affiliate seller, not affiliates, but uh, what did you call them? (laughs) They're not would be semi-affiliate sellers. They they're basically people who acquire things at discount prices Mm -hmm. from their local stores and then sell them on Amazon as their own thing. And that's where it's so like resellers. Yep. Uh, but they're not like fulfilled through maybe no, Amazon that's where... fulfilled from there. So a lot of people don't understand that, you know, Amazon isn't always the shipper. They're not always the nope. provider. There's a little the sold menu. by mark on that thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, any other, and I know from, I know this is a little outside the cybersecurity arena, but Anytime. even just protecting Anytime. your, you know, your social, protecting, you know, especially this time of year. So protecting your social, your per, your PPI or personal information, or PII, not PPI, nope. PII. <laughs> um And also making sure that maybe at the first quarter of the year, pulling your credit to make sure that everything is still in line and that there's no identity theft. Oh, excuse me. Sure. Um, actually, one of the nice parts is, and some people haven't been aware of this, so it's, I'm glad you brought it up. Most banking apps, apps actually have a credit tracking portion where you can track your credit score and see mm-hmm. what's being reflected on it in real time, usually updated about every week. Yeah. I know I the bank I deal with is up, it updates every Sunday. Yeah, a lot of the banks do have that, but it's not across the board yet. No, so, but it is worth and it's just unfortunate. checking. Absolutely. And, it is worth check- and uh, the other part is also that uh, every year you can pull your credit for free with a full report from all three, TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. There, yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> and that can oh, be pulled. I can't believe I couldn't through. forget that one. They're the ones that went down. <laughs> yeah. And that is that can be done through um annualcreditreport.com. Uh and that is and what I would recommend, having been a financial counselor in the past, and this is what I used to tell um, because I see financial counseling for the Navy, I would tell the Navy spouses, I would be like, pull one of those credit reports every quarter and just rotate them. And then you'll only have one quarter that's not, not covered. Um, And then started at the beginning of the year, you know, as well started over again and just rotate them every year. So then you can look at your credit, make sure everything is uh, in line, you know, and even put statements on your credit report. If there's some kind of unusual circumstance that's happening. Um, but I know this time of year, credit cards can be easily 
acquired and especially with the new digital yeah. payments. So tap you store pay. everything. Yeah, the tap to pay seems like a nightmare. How does that impact uh, from a cybersecurity standpoint? I mean, it's one of those where it can have a very severe impact. It's just usually uh, kind of depends on the areas you're in and things like that. And whether you happen to be one of the unlucky ones, I know there was a single terminal at Costco, I think in Alaska or something that actually yeah. uh, the people started getting an email alert because it was, Hey, that we had a breach two years ago from the single credit card terminal. And we think your credit card might've been used in it. Right. And it's like, so it's. Yeah. I mean, it can be, you know, the tap to pay though. I was thinking because you have everything yeah. stored in your phone. That's so where those it, usually it's things. a walk by the, 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 the worry there is a drive-by where someone could actually trigger the near-field communication, yeah. the NFC feature that is used to actually engage that tap for pay. Um, that is somewhat of a worry, but it is one of those where it it requires a very you have to know what you're doing to do something with that. Okay, it's not as easy as say installing a credit card swiper. Right. on a terminal you actually have to understand the frequencies that it takes place at how to engage yeah. in an authenticated transaction and force it to the sixth stage of authentication that most cards have yeah. like there's a lot of things that have to fall into place for it okay it's one of those where it is a worry but it is one of those where keep your cards in your wallet. If you have the, I personally use a leather wallet because leather helps with uh, block some signals and it makes my cards range go down a little bit, but it's also one of those where there's always going to be new attacks. There's always going to yeah. be new ways to, to breach someone. So the key is, and that's why I say the key is paying attention is yeah. watch your bank accounts, watch your credit score, Watch right. your card transactions. Yep. Watch your cell phone. Is your cell phone running slow? Reboot it. See what happens. Like, you know, just don't yeah. be afraid to engage. And I guess you could say humor your paranoia a little. Right. And like, I, you know, I don't want us to make people afraid to use the technology that's available to them because it's, we're living in an extraordinary time that well, we get to purchase things from around the world with, you know, a click of a mouse or well, on our phone, we get to pay without having to carry our credit cards with us, which. Um, but with those conveniences comes the dangers. Yeah. So there is the um, security piece and it's knowing what you don't know. So asking the questions and as you and I've talked about, I'm probably the best person to ask that because I'm not super techie in my approach to yeah. things. Um, I'm still kind of a paper kind of gal. I still, and I'm, I'm getting better because I'm getting more um, comfortable because I have individuals in my life like, you and Shay who have said, okay, well, this is how this works. And I go, oh, okay, well, that's not such a big deal as long as I do X, Y, and Z. So it's knowing the steps to take. And that's why I was hoping that we could um, 
address while we were were talking today is to make some of those folks that are not as comfortable with um, some of the technology a little more comfortable and know that there is a solution available to them. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's definitely the real, what I would say is the real takeaway aspect is just, it's a very scary place, but it doesn't have to be. It's the same as anything else in life. It's scary unless you know what you're doing. And once you even understand the basics, things become a lot better. I mean, at the moment, they always like to say the internet's the wild, wild west now because it's unregulated. There's random. And honestly, uh, I think the quote was, there's only about 5% of the internet's actually what people see. That's where you've got the deep and the dark web and all these different things where it's like, one of the interesting things is like with the deep and the dark web, everyone's so scared of them. But the dark web is also how journalists have communicated with sources. So they aren't being traced and they can get past their country's censors. Right. The deep web is where people have blogs that are just some of the most random inane things, but it makes someone happy to post it. And it's like the thing that I, I, I guess you could say I've, I've hated is watching the beautiful place that it used to be and still is somewhat get tainted by these bad actors. Right. Like back in the day there was hackers, but hackers were known. It was actually a good term. Someone who was a hacker was someone who took hardware and made it better, who took a software and made it operate more efficiently. And those were hackers. And then it became these bad connotations as it progressed. And it's, I guess you could say, I I wish that we could take that name back as the good way it is, where it's a hacker is someone who just takes something that doesn't, it works one way and goes, eh, maybe I could have it work a different way. Right. Right. And, and I think, you know, having grown up pre-internet, dating myself here a little bit, (laughs) so um, pre-internet and coming into you know, and having those, you know, watching the progression of all the technology has been, you know, in hindsight is, has been really amazing. And to see the different things that are coming up now, like the crypto and the NFTs and, you know, and then the metaverse and, you know, all the things that are, have come out in between 2020 and 2021, I'm sure they've been around longer than that, but they've become, they've come to the forefront during uh, this period where everyone is exploring and they're exploring new ways of doing things and more efficient ways of doing things, or they just have more time to get caught up yeah. on culture. <laughs> well, in 2020 and uh, 2021, definitely it forced people who previously had been on the edge of technology who had been, you know, I can type a word document, but I don't really use YouTube and it's forced a lot of them into the digital age now. And that's one of the things that I've seen. uh, This is one of the things I noticed personally was there's a lot of articles and a lot of people asking like, when will the world return to normal? Like when can we expect normality to come back? And a part of me wants to, you know, clarify that 
it's not always going to go back to that normal. It's once raised the bar. Well, once you force a change on, so you know, there's a forced evolution in the workplace. It's the people that don't follow up or don't keep up that are going to get left behind. And that's where you're seeing a lot of like that, the great resignation and such. Yeah. The great is, resignation. I mean, I know we're getting close to our close, but the great resignation <laughs> uh, and the individuals, I mean, I'm part of that. I mean, the, the audience knows that. But what I'm hearing is people are not coming back to the the workplace and they're saying no one wants to work. It's not that. They're finding remote jobs. They're becoming entrepreneurs. They're becoming creators. Well, They're using yeah. the technology and there's almost like this underground, uh, I want to say currency, but it's movement. not really. Yeah, movement to working together like we are. Um. It's kind small of, businesses. I like to see it in the same way that there was a, they were asking millennials about home ownership. And one of the things that they said was that very few millennials see home ownership as something that they would achieve by themselves. Mm-hmm. It's something they see achieving usually with their friends. Yes. And that's been a fundamental shift from back in the day to currently where it mm-hmm. used to be the American dream, buy a house, start your family and have your own thing. Now yeah. that dream is evolving and shifting. And I think it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that uh, changes over time to see where people are going and kind of how it's all going to roll out. Cause yeah. we still have those jobs that need to be in person, but we do have a lot more remote now. And yeah. now that we have solutions like Sentinel one and, you know, backups and firewalls and all these things, mm-hmm. we can actually do some of this and be safe online. Absolutely. So how can, um, how can people connect with you? Just so you've uh, got about one our, minute. <laughs> use uh, our website, HTTPS, uh, scion.solutions, S-C-I-O-N.solutions. And, uh, yeah, we've got links there. Just email us, reach out. We're happy to schedule a time and answer any questions anyone has. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ethan, for being on the show and having this great conversation about cybersecurity. And I wanted to wish everyone a happy holidays. And um, if you would like to reach out to me, you can reach me at counterbalancecoach.com or on Instagram or Facebook at Counterbalance Coach. Thank you so much for joining Counterbalance Conversations and be well. Thank you for listening to Counterbalance Conversations. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Melissa L. Strauser, for another inspiring show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next program, be well, be inspired, be the counterbalance.